brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tiers start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rest in Realms, the 5e D&D podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building. From gods and demons to mountains and molehills, I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master and creator of Riftway. I'm Josh, your co-host and fellow Dungeon Master, world builder, and fantasy enjoyer. And today, we'll be talking about Fauna. Fauna! Um, we're not talking about fawns. We're not talking I, about female no. deer. I love female deer. Wait, well, you know. Sound it wrong. Mm. I'm sorry. So Nathan's a furry, everyone. Help. <laughs> help. Send help. Uh, so, fauna is an animal of a particular region, habitat, or geological period. Um, I think it's very important here that we specify that we're talking about animals and not the blanket D&D term creatures, right? Mm. Um, so... An, I think all creatures uh, are animals. I, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? Mm. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so, generally, whenever we're talking fauna, we're not talking about the people groups, right? You're not talking orcs, you're not talking humans, you're not talking elves, you're not talking gnomes, you're not talking dwarves. You're talking about the kind of quote-unquote natural world, or as natural as you get in a fantasy setting, or even a sci-fi setting. Uh, So generally, alien, like sentient alien life and animalistic alien life. At that point, you're getting into philosophy, and I don't have time for that right now. (laughs) About at what point does a creature get endowed with sentience and a soul? At which point Nathan if, would if, say never. No, no. <laughs> if, if, if they they look like me, 
They're human. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a, that's a good Perfect. one. Eh? That's a that's a great one. If they're yeah, exactly just, like just, me in every yeah. way, I just they get to be a person. <laughs> Otherwise, they're not a person, and I can treat yeah. them like an animal. Fucking animal. <laughs> I get to eat things that aren't like me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So that's kind of our, our basic introduction into what a fauna is. Um, so what kinds do you kind of want to have in your game? These animals are generally deeply tied to the lands that they inhabit, right? Um, you're not going to have a mountain goat in the middle of a desert. <laughs> they have evolved and adapted to survive in their environment mostly. Most of the time. Every once in a while, you have something like the sunfish that should not exist, and it shouldn't continue to exist. They should all have died out by now, but somehow they keep going on. Fuck them. <laughs> wow, that was very harsh, I think. What, what has a sunfish ever done to you? Nothing. That's exactly the problem. A sunfish has done nothing. It can't even swim very well. You know, some sometimes... Just let things chill. What's wrong with that? It should be eaten and destroyed. <laughs> oh my god. You're a monster, they add, Jeff. They add nothing to the universe. Um, so, uh, generally, like you're going to have creatures that are well adapted to the places that they live. Um, a lot of the times, you'll have things that are very, very familiar to people or players living in areas that they're not used to. And whenever you have things like that, an excellent cheat code is to just have the name of the creature and then add a place. And boom. boom. You, you got it. You, you have an idea and plant it into the person's head while you go about explaining the difference. Like, I, we, I put up some examples of, like, tundra wolves. Like, okay, well, how does a tundra wolf differ from a regular It's like wolf? a wolf, but on the tundra. <laughs> it's a wolf, but it's fucking cold. Uh, desert no. cats, right? Like it's like a cat, but it's but it's like a cat, but it's in the desert. That's the hugest <laughs> difference. Swamp rats, just big rats. It's like a rat, but in a swamp. <laughs> it's like a rat, but it's in a swamp. You guys in garden snakes. It's like a snake, but it's in the garden. Pete, um, do better descriptions of animals than what me and Nathan just did there. I, I think um, that was amazing. Excuse I, I think me. we hit it out of the park, but if you don't want to just destroy immersion, maybe <laughs> have some adjectives thrown in there. That's what, good never. for the naming portion, but like not so much for the specific descriptions of the uh, <laughs> of the fauna in question. <laughs> so, um, what is a desert rat? That's not a desert rat. That was not one of my examples. <laughs> that, 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 that is an example. Actually, desert rats, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's, uh, there's a breed of desert rat that has incredibly long back legs um, to reduce the amount of heat that it loses um, from the hot desert sun, <laughs> or from the hot desert sands. And they're right. mostly nocturnal because they live in the desert. Most things who live in the desert are. Um, and it will just hippity hop, but it can also retract it if it gets cold, so it keeps it from losing a lot of body heat through its feet. Hippity but most of the time, hop. it's hot as fuck, so it keeps itself elevated. That's me, I'm hot as fuck. 
that's me it's hot as fuck dude but that's yeah. desert rat <laughs> yeah they're adorable little bastards um, like adorable that's how i would describe bastards. them in my D campaign is adorable an adorable little, little bastard. bastard. <laughs> I am the adorable little bastard. Make the desert rat steal people's granola while they're sleeping in the desert. Boom, you have a new Three. party pet. <laughs> I keep stealing the fucking granola. <laughs> this fucking desert rat keeps stealing my granola no, no, bars. No, it, it didn't even eat the granola party. It just <laughs> ate all the chocolate chip bits. Now I'm sad. A little bit, the, that's still the best part of my granola bar, that little bastard. <laughs> Isn't it true, though? I mean, yeah, it's the only good part of the granola bar is all the sugar that they use to connect the granola pieces together. Yes. <laughs> Just nibbles it away, and you're like, oh. You little son of a... I guess uh, I won't eat. <laughs> guess I'm not uh, eating today. Guess I'm starving to death in this desert. Um, whenever you're coming up with ideas for what creatures or animals look like, uh, keep in mind the geography, right? When considering animal looks, um, like the desert rat example, you know, there are specific things that animals have evolved to have in specific places, so that way they can thrive there. Um, many animals have natural camouflage. That lets them blend in easily to their environments. Um, like many caterpillars are designed to look like the tree slash leaves that they feast upon. Um, or they're also, if something does not have that thing that lets them blend in easily, generally there's a reason, right? Like a lot of butterflies, well, some butterflies look like predators. Um, and some butterflies are predators. Oh, some butterflies are not allowed within 200 feet of a school. Yeah. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous butterflies. Oh. Um, so having an idea of how the creature survives in the place that it is kind of helps make the world feel a little lived in, right? If you have tundra wolves that their coat is white and it's thick due to the winter like it feels like they belong there i know a, a huge problem i've had with DD specific source books mm -hmm. is that sometimes the random tables will just like throw random bullshit into a place and you're like why are they there i don't want to create an entire backstory for the reason why we're having a random encounter where six elk show up in the desert. I'm not going to do why it. Why not? I love I'm not going to do it. <laughs> the elk boys. Oh, where it's at. <laughs> where are all my homie elk at? <laughs> Elks love the desert, it turns out. Additionally, th this also helps if you're creating your own creatures, uh, not ones that already exist in the real world, but also ones that might exist in your D&D setting, uh, take into account if sexual selection might have impacted the creature looks, right? You know, male birds are generally brighter colored than female birds because male birds have to stand out. Uh, male sheep and sheep equivalent and rams and stuff have big horns because big horns are hot as hell, dude. Um, <laughs> things that help them 
select for uh, attractive features, uh, exacerbate them a little bit. Uh, big teeth, big horns, tall, you know. <laughs> Massive horns, man. Oh. I, got, I have big teeth and I'm tall, so basically you could say I'm the pinnacle of human evolution. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't what feel to like say. I have big teeth, but I feel like I felt like it would be funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, if an animal does not blend into its environment, it says two very important things about it, and things that can be brought up into a a story beat. Uh, there's an evolutionary advantage to standing out like intimidation factor, bright colors. Um, or, you know, it's an, an apex predator, it doesn't need to hide kind of situation. Or, part two, it does not belong. Right? You do not belong here. Be gone. Get out of here. Um, a lot of the times when fauna gets pushed out of their natural environment and are kind of forced into a place that it does not belong, and so it stands out and has a problem surviving. Most mm-hmm. of the time, there's a story reason for that. Uh, it, if you want to make the world feel very lived in, have natural responses to things happening in your world. Uh, I think Unnatural. one of my examples is... Um, I think one of the examples of kind of strange things that no one figured out is the Ents in the second Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, there was huge forest clearing efforts that were happening there. And I was surprised that Treebeard kind of stepped up and didn't even notice. I think that's kind of like part of the story is that, you know, they're slow and so they don't take notice of things changing very quickly. Um, but you would have think like a bird might have told them or something. Maybe they're like you know, it's the way of life. We all hey, you know, gotta trees die. fall sometimes. No one cares for the forest anymore. Yeah, neither do you, Treebeard. Or you would have noticed, okay? <laughs> fucking useless. You fucking shepherd, bitch. Bad shepherd. That's what you are. <laughs> you suck. It's like Treebeard's like, I'm and This sad. is whenever we get our first email. It's going to be hate mail for me calling out Treebeard. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. How dare you? For, I'll have you know that on the 237th page of the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Way to not mute at all. I tried to, and it just didn't didn't work. I like saw you read for your microphone and didn't even come close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I need help. (laughs) Swimsuit check. Sunscreen check. Phone charger check. Don't forget to pack the five-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So next up we have how fauna behave as enemies. Most of the regular animals won't attack unless they are provoked in some way or are hungry. Uh, stumbling into a nest, whether that be like a giant goose nest or like a horde of wasps or something like that. Stumbling into the nest is the number one way to get an animal to fight you and smack you down uh, without it feeling contrived. Right? Uh, right. Right. Like, because I mean, every once in a while you'll roll on the random table and you'll be like, um, you fight. Let me roll my D4. You fight D4 giant wasp worms. And they're like, okay, I guess we do that. Um, But a good way to kind of make that feel more real is stumbling into a nest resulting in a swarm of things attacking. Um, Ah. Interloping onto territory is one that is good if they're going to be fighting a predator of some kind that has territories that it stalks or that it feels like it belongs to them. Uh, Wolves are the classic example. A lot of lions or big cats also have and also small cats have territory that they consider their own home, their own space. Um, That's my home, man. In Jurassic Park, actually, the Tyrannosaurus Rex had a little space that it claimed as its own. It's like, this is my section of the paddock, and the other one doesn't come here. Um, And I thought that was really cool. Uh, But it's only in the book, and I haven't read the book since, like, the seventh grade, so I might be misremembering, but that is something I thought was really interesting. (laughs) I may be fully wrong, dude. Um, Additionally... An ambush predator that thinks they might have a quick meal on their hands. Uh, you know, a panther striking out or a mountain lion striking out at the party during the night, thinking it can do a quick kill and then run away with the uh, with the body is uh, kind of a very classic creature attack. Classic creature attack. That's me. <laughs> Um, more, <laughs> you're a classic creature attack. I was going to continue, but I don't feel like I should. I feel like I should call you out on that one. <laughs> what does All that right. mean, Nathan? Describe it. I don't it. know. Don't, don't ask. <laughs> I thought, I thought it makes sense. At the Describe time. what being a classic creature attack means for the audience. When, when you attack someone, wait, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and I'm wearing my suit, so I'm a classy creature attack. Yeah, is that, is, yes, sure. Let's Perfect. That, that, that nailed it. Hit the nail right on the head there. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> you can't even contain me. Um, generally, fauna pose an existential threat whenever they are nuisances that are behaving on instincts. Um, and That's where most of your problems are going to come from um, that aren't being forced by other outside factors. Uh, Classic ones are like rats getting into places that they shouldn't, like uh, basements and causing havoc or 
running amok in sewers and causing problems for the uh, citizenry there. Um, so even though rats are generally considered small potatoes, they can cause big problems if left unattended for long yeah, enough. Yeah, you like know, they could eat they, all your potatoes, and that's They really can eat annoying. all your small potatoes. <laughs> but, like, do you remember when Australia had that, like, rat epidemic where, like, it was, they were eating, like, all of the food in Australia? Like, no. you couldn't even have, it was not that long ago. Like you couldn't even have food in grocery stores because the rats were coming in and the just rats. like hordes the of them coming. were eating it all. Rat hordes in Australia. Deadly rat plague. Oh, it's, it was in uh, May of 2021. New South Wales. The horde of rats. The <laughs> rat king is coming. Run. <laughs> Boom, you already have your next story beat. The Rat King of South Wales. Oh my god. <laughs> I am the king <laughs> of South Wales. And it's that's, what we're gonna make, that's what we're going to make Caden play next, is the Rat King of South Wales. I oh, am the rat. that's perfect. I am the Rat King of I South have my, Wales. I have my next mini-arc already planned out, and it's going to center on the Rat King. Played by Caden. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, additionally, you have things like predators stealing laptop, and this can laptops. Laptop. Livestock. Yeah, you have predators stealing people's laptops. <laughs> Just imagine they come in, they're like, "Yo, these laptops, they're mine now." Uh, lion t- Tony the Tiger robbed me on my. <laughs> To my, my university computer. library. He stole my computer. I need that for finals. <laughs> I, I was um, halfway done. I wouldn't even saved it. What the fuck? What's wrong with him? <laughs> predators stealing livestock. And that can be predators from everything from like wolves, big cats, all the way up to wyverns and dragons. Alright. Um, and finally, uh, animal migrations. That is a classic. Animal migrations. Fuck some shit up. Uh, like when cowboys were moving cows from uh, deep in the heart of Texas oh. um, across large ranch lands to get to the railroads, people got pissed. And, you know, those large herds of roaming cattle caused damage. It's the reason why barbed wire was invented. Just thought everyone should know that. I have that little fun trivia sitting in the back of my head um josh is so knowledgeable he's so cool (laughs) what a cool guy he knows about barbed wire um but animal migrations pushing fauna out of their usual spots and causing them uh to wreak havoc on local wildlife is another classic uh if anyone ever watched the tarzan tv show (laughs) Which I know is a deep cut. It's a deep, deep cut. Um, I'm trying to understand was... what's going on here. What? <laughs> there was an entire episode dedicated to the rhinoceroses getting pushed out of their regular homeland and uh, destroying the native, uh, not the natives, the uh, gorilla. Destroy the natives. Let's Destroy go. the natives. Destroy the native gorillas. Uh, gorillas or gorillas? Termite farms? Yeah, they're gorillas. Gorillas or gorillas? Gorilla. So you're and not so, talking about the small incident fall? No, right. I'm not. <laughs> How disappointing. 
How sad. Um, but it, it basically boiled down to finding the rhinos a new place to live. Um, <laughs> but it was an entire it was an entire storyline in the Tarzan TV show that no one but me watched. I didn't know they had a Tarzan TV. It was on Disney. It was on the Disney Channel. Disney Channel. Okay. I don't watch Disney. <laughs> well, I I know you don't. It, the example's not for you. It's for the audience. You guys. You also don't, don't watch, watch movies. Uh, nobody does. Okay. I thought everyone else watches movies, Nathan. I'm not getting into this argument again. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> All right, and now we get to the how to choose the animals that you're going to introduce. Um, for the most part, when you're doing the work of describing the environment, uh, most players and readers and etc. Uh, will fill in the blank on the specific types of animals that inhabit the location. Uh, they'll fill in the bank like general bugs, uh, whatever you general use. Bugs. General bugs, it's bugs with like a four stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, using bug descriptors like birds fl- filling the air with song or like bugs swarming around and bzzzing um, your, car- your players or readers will get the idea without having the specifics of uh, what kind of fly, what kind of bird um, you know the bird I, kind of birds yeah you know the birdie birds there's generally three reasons why you want to get specific with a creature's look, and that is if it is, one, a threat, um, something that's an existential threat to the characters of the party or who is threatening them actively. Two, if it is strange, it doesn't belong in that area, um, it looks weird or sick or something like that. Um, and third is if it is magical and therefore I also kind of put this one as like special because I feel like magical and special is different from strange um, like the fully white elk that no one only sees whenever it guides them from a lost night in the forest blah 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 uh, or a unicorn yes <laughs> the unicorn man the unicorn the unicorn do you think there's other reasons why you want to get specific with the creatures. Look, I had those three on my side, but I mean, there might be something I'm overlooking. I mean, creatures can look, well, however you want them to. Well, yeah, exactly. 10 legs, 20 legs, 40 that's, legs, that's a bajillion, a bajillion legs. You a man with a two. bajillion, someone with a bajillion legs can kill everyone because they just need to stomp you to death. How are they going to do it? Which leg are they going to use? All of them. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm being attacked by the world. Um, having the natural fauna's reaction to a specific great event is a great way to make the world feel lived in. It's a wunderbar way to kind of get players engaged whenever the natural world reacts naturally to unnatural things. And when the natural world reacts naturally to natural things. 
Yeah, when the natural world reacts natural to natural things, it's not very special. Why, when why not? the natural world reacts unnaturally to unnatural things, now that's when you got a story beat. Whoa. <laughs> that's insane. Follow me on my TED Talk. <laughs> I have an entire thing about naturality. Oh. Um, Are you going to try and sell your, your, your like... I actually, the whole thing is recorded au natural, so I'm fully nude while making... <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. Oh. Okay. And I'd say the most important part with establishing creatures is have fun with it. Get a little wild, get a little crazy. Enjoy yourself. Introduce creatures that um, are a little weird or just cool. Um, we've all been children that made dragon-tiger hybrids that <laughs> can breathe fire and fly and stuff like that. This is this is this is our fantasy. It doesn't. It can be crazy if we want it to be. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be amazing, guys. <laughs> Because if you have a good time with it and you have fun with it, so are your players, so are your characters, and so are your your readers. Yeah, the people, yeah. the people. If you inject your enjoyment into something, other people are going to enjoy it. Exactly, and, and that kind of is the boil down on fauna, on animals, on creatures. It it just kind of boils down to really having a good understanding of the geography of your world, what creatures kind of exist there, and how you can do a fun little spin on existing creatures and uh, introduce them into your world a little bit. About being a good person, we know. <laughs> mm, not exactly. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to add, Nathan? I think we're good. You think we're bueno on the fauna? All right, let's go. All righty, I think we're good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tier stars low as a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind the scenes content, early access to episodes, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at podcast. Join our Discord every month we have hangout session on the last Saturday of the month where you can speak with the cast. The link is in the description below. And you can send us an email, gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and you've unleashed the beast! I like chickens. Anyways. Bye! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 